So that's, a, that's something we're going we're gonna to look at. We're going to look at that straight up. And uh, also, another topic that we're going to look at today is uh, a continuous desire to improve the well-being of, 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 of the black person anywhere they are. And what, one of those very interesting areas we've identified that's going to come on strongly post-COVID is technology. So we apparently keep one of the most uh, exciting person in the field of technology, very deep knowledge uh, scientist. And uh, I, I call him uh, the monetization expert, but uh, he wears so many caps when it comes to technology. So we'll go probably try to run with him most times to share the knowledge of what 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 potentials lay in in the technologist field and the projects that we can easily embrace as a people. So that's something we go continuously do, and uh, we, we all already know why we do the show every day. I, I can't I can't I can't afford to to hide my excitement anytime I step up here to sit in front of the cameras doing what I am doing now because between me and you. I feel I had a calling to do this. I don't need to stand on the pulpit or pass or uh, offering collection across to, to, to share knowledge and help educate my people. And hopefully uh, we can do something with that. So at all times I'm stepping out here, I'm really, really excited to be in front of you guys, to, be, to bring up this issue, bring these discussions and share these opportunities with us so we can actually do the best, make the best use of it. This is one on one with King Coco Show. Uh, we run on t25cl.com. Our panelist comes across all over the world. We have one of our very uh, close um, uh, civil society person calling from Nigeria today. Hopefully, we can have a good connection from that end. Uh, I normally have my panelists uh, that contribute from Trinidad and Tobago, Mr. Pereira. I'm sure Ms. Pereira is going to come on to give us uh, the window, what's happening across that part of the hood. And then normally we have Galaxy Chief from California and my my prime my prime motivator, someone that I like to listen to and talk with as well. Uh, the, the, I call him the digital scientist. It's an awesome guy that came and seen technology evolve from uh, the 125 kilobit per second bell slab era to what it is today. And uh, he's always uh, had it on point. He's never missed the point on, on where the next technology development progress is happening. So uh, we, we thank you guys for, for being part of the show and thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, this show, as we all know, has a mission to bring people of African descent together through uh, interaction and continuous collaboration to improve our relationships and help us get to do more, understand the continent very well and ask questions that are peculiar that probably has kept us away from joining most of our, uh, our brothers across the Atlantic since the last time we were all taken in, in the bottom of ships across the Atlantic to the Caribbean and here uh, to the Americas that created this other diaspora population. Well, it came with a whole bitter pill in a mat, but uh, live uh, is uh, is uh, through us all kinds of stuff. So we're gonna share all this information too with each and every one of us. That's the mission of this of this program. We we'll keep on sharing and getting each other to 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 embrace our differences, you know. Uh, and this show is running live on Facebook.
live to, as we speak. So hopefully uh, we'll get a bunch of our regular followers joining. Let's be a little patient because uh, we're, going, we're about to share some very good knowledge. And when you want to share knowledge, it's important that uh, we, we find time to, to embrace this knowledge. But what we do with it is very, very important to us. So this show will continue to run. Uh, God will give us the grace and capacity to keep on producing it and adding value that will meet our expectation so that uh, we can, at one point, say, okay, a journey we started has taken us this far. That's what we want to see regarding this opportunity. So we keep on running the show wherever we find ourselves. Uh, so uh, our, our show for today is bothered on two subjects that is of very high interest to us as a people, and we, want, we intend to bring it to, to, to all our listeners, our viewers. Fundamentally, sometime uh, last week, a video came out about the shooting of an unarmed black man, and uh, this was this attracted no action, which happened some five days ago. Only until the video showed up, that's when uh, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation decided to act on, uh, to step up and acted and actually arrested uh, two white men, a father and a son, an ex-cop that decided to, to just take a shot at a black man running through their neighborhood for whatever reason. So that we think deserves uh, opportunity to look at, you know, and see uh, how do we bring up our young people in this country? How, what do you tell a teenage young boy, black boy, growing up in America? How, how do you ha handle his emotional uh, intelligence uh, when he's permanently confronted uh, uh, with, uh, with this situation? So that's important. And uh, so it is something that we need to address um, continuously and consistently. But most importantly today is the Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the house and all those listening to our show. Um, these are very, very important people in our lives. Uh, we'll find time to bring up uh, someone to give us an insight about Mother's Day and uh, how best we could impact on our sisters, our, our wives, our mothers, uh, you know, because uh, they, they do such a great, an awesome job in our lives, you know. I don't even know where to fit, fit them. They, they, they wear all kinds of hats, being an advisor, a confidant, a mother, a sister, a soulmate, and all kinds of stuff, man. So these people deserve to have even more days to celebrate them, you know. They make it happen. My wife normally says that uh, the wife is the heart of the home. You know, you can as well be the head of the house, but the, the heart of the home lies in your wife because uh, she turned that house to a home. And uh, that's the only person you can be sure will never, never walk away uh, over very flimsy reasons. Uh, you know, they take the brunt of RBS as men, uh, of the of the naughtiness of kids, and still has to put a smile up on their faces. So, uh, happy Mother's Day! Thank you, wonderful mothers all over the world. We'll we'll keep on giving you what you well deserve. And uh, also, thank you, our wonderful uh, men at the front of the coronavirus all over the world, and women doing a wonderful job, uh, you know, to help uh, bring help and uh, health services to the most of those that are very vulnerable during these times. Well, so we cannot really say enough. We're going to have to probably 
get back into the show as we go, we'll unveil different scenarios that pops up. Uh, I have my my main man, the digital scientist, uh, the guy that, that sees this future in technology. And uh, I sincerely believe that uh, uh, having him on board this platform will help us uh, find out a whole lot about uh, technology, where it was, what is happening right now, uh, tech opportunities that we should all jump on uh, because uh, technology is about to change significantly not the marginal change that is always being played around with the same set of uh, tech, tech, tech and tech premiers. Uh, tech needs to take a whole different dimension. So we're going to have to permanently have this dude, uh, Mr. Lenny Duncan, permanently with us, uh, as long as uh, he offers us uh, his, uh, his services and his knowledge, because our knowledge is of no use if it's not shared. So we will welcome uh, Mr. Lenny Duncan to the show. My brother, how you doing? Kenkoko, happy Mother's Day to your wife and uh, family. Hope you're having a good time. Thank you, my Everything brother. Fine. Everything fine. good. Yeah. Everything good. I just give you a shout out to all the mothers as well. Happy Mother's Day again. Everybody far and wide, please. Uh, just keep on doing a good job because uh, we can never pay our women enough uh, in this lifetime for what they do. And those that, that are still struggling uh, to be mothers, uh, God provided the fruit of the, of the womb as well, because the joy of every woman to be a mother. So thank you very much, but you can still be a mother to, to, to uh, some guy who needs some good counseling and some good advice out there. So my brother Lenny, uh, I don't know if you're aware of uh, what just happened in Georgia this passing week, uh, because um, the story of... Uh, Amadou Abri. Abri is a black 25-year-old man uh, jogging yeah. through jogging through uh, a neighborhood in Birmingham, Georgia. Um, so I'm surprised that uh, this 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 the dark side is still a dark side. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it, it, it is what it is. Abri was running through a neighborhood, and apparently, uh, this white 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 said to a moment that. I felt that uh, probably uh, for whatever reasons uh, they could take him out because he did not belong there. Or it is what it is because uh, black folks are being almost endangered globally or whatever for whatever reason. Which is why we're actually talking today because these are all the kind of issues that brings us to the table to figure out how best do we now bring up young black boys. When the blasted on social media, on TV, on radio, every day, that uh, on this kind of uh, situation that could confront you, whether you go out seeking or you're in the, in the privacy of your room or you're just doing an exercise or you're going to school, there's always a bullet that is, is directed towards some guy, some black guy somewhere. So that brought us to the topic of a show, our first issue, to just look at, you know, how do we bring up a young black kid in America, Mr. Duncan, can you just help me out on this? Well, my, my condolences to the parents of this young man, especially the mother, on a Mother's Day like this. It's very, very hard to lose any member of the family, especially in this way where he went to improve his health and he, his entire life ended because somebody thought he didn't belong to that neighborhood and so on. You know, it's really appalling that 
in 2020, these things are still happening. Whether it's in the south or the east or the west or the north or wherever, shouldn't happen. But in terms of um, bringing up young men, uh, you know, <laughs> there's no blueprint or plan as to how to do it. The first thing has to do with love. Somebody have to love them. Somebody, they have to know that somebody care. And, you know, whether it's your immediate family, or many, many of them are, are not with their fathers or mothers, but the community, you know, like, like how you guys do it in Africa, where a village will raise an entire child or right. children. You know, I, I think the model that you guys use in a quiet bomb, I mean, I, you know, from the years I've, I've been there, um, is the model that I think every black family, every black community should use in terms of creating an ecosystem within which these uh, young, young children, or young men especially, can flourish, not just survive, but strive. I think to do that in America, one needs to have uh, a network on the community level where the community itself can speak to these kids every single day. This is how they listen to MTV and VH1 and, and BET that's so far away from them. Communication has, needs to start in the community. And unfortunately, social media takes them out of the community and puts them on some platform where they are just <laughs> not realistic or, communities. Yeah, it's not exactly King Coco. It's not realistic. And somehow, <laughs> why why is it that only when something happens to them that we gather on social media and and share our solidarity? No, nothing is wrong with that. But why do we have to be reactive instead of being proactive? What is this? What is this guy? Aman, what was he doing before? How important was it that we promoted him before he went running? Maybe he could have run among his people where he has self-protection as you, as you guys do it in Africa. You see what I'm saying? Right. These, these right. are models that you guys have that I love. I, I really admire how you, do, how you guys do it. So that, that's what I have to say on that. Okay. Um, as far as the technology is concerned, I mean, there's so many things that these young people could do now because... They now control the consumer base uh, in the Caribbean and Africa and in Black America. Uh, the same Black American community belongs to has about two billion dollars worth of spending, which is greater than most of the Middle Eastern countries. But because they don't engage in trade with Africa and the Caribbean directly, they're more on the consumer side as opposed to being on the supply side, which is what China is doing and India is doing. And Europe is doing, and most of the, the developed countries are doing. We have to change that. And in changing that, you change one man, one young man at a time, he's going to change the entire community. That's what awesome. I have to say about that, King Coco. Yo, very thanks, Lani. I appreciate my brother. Uh, it's always very touching, you know, because with a two billion yeah. spending capacity annually uh, in a, in a, in a particular demographics. Uh, and uh, we're constantly not engaged amongst ourselves with ourselves or across with each other. Uh, there's a whole a whole need to really uh, sit back and evaluate what do we tell our young teenagers and, and people in the 20s, in the early 30s, how do we tell them about how to live, how not to exercise wrongly? Because 
uh, you see, for whatever you have to be scared, you have to be very weary of as well. Because there's a saying that uh, a coward stands across in his own compound and points to the grave of a dead hero. They leave a great oh. man some years back. You know, we don't want dead heroes anymore. Okay? Let's be very practical. If we are aware that a certain neighborhood doesn't like us, why can't we run in groups like you just suggested? Or why don't we always try to do our own thing within our own neighborhood and try to improve that neighborhood such that we wouldn't need to go to other people's neighborhood? You know, it, it happens too many times because you are hunted by, by, by human beings, you are hunted by the cops, you are hunted by, by a system that is grossly unfair, you are hunted within your own race, you know, because I, I want, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very sure you agree with me that if you drive with me into the south side of Chicago, you know something is about to get down at any time because right. we all... Uh, uh, tribe on, on black crime on black, you know, not just the one that, so we are being hunted all over the world, not just within America alone. You see all kinds of pictures that comes out of Libya, comes out of China. These are all situations that brings us to tears as the people of, of African descent because we know that uh, we are almost an endangered species if nothing is done. And we all agree to the fact that this is because we have exposed a brand and not protected that brand for years. So what we're getting, the downside of what we're getting now is the result of lack of protecting your brand and defending it. And now they've been able to stick up some crap on you and that crap now is stuck. And you, you probably now is seen by everybody as a threat when you are really not a threat. So it's that's why we, we really wanted to really bring up this issue uh, as part of our initial discussion on the show. Uh, Len, let me just ask you. So now, if we have to start talking to this young man about Africa, how will we get them to be interested in even listening or taking action. Because at the end of the day, the average black man in America would do very, very well in Africa because he's yes. taught a whole lot of knowledge. He's been able to improve himself, despite the fact that for some time, the system has a way of putting them down. If you have a, a record of having been in jail or the long rap shit, you can't get certain jobs. But I'm sure if they take this knowledge, back to Africa and choose any of the neighborhood to, to integrate, they might really see a lot of change of positive environment, the positivity of an environment can do to, to human beings. So how do we, or what do we start talking to this young generation about Africa? How do we do this? Well, we always have to start with what they are doing now and what they like doing. And it's very obvious that if you look at the the Millennium Law Group, which is like um, 27 and below, and the Gen Z Upper Group, which is like, you know, between 18 and I would say 20, 22, 23. They love music, they love sports, and they love the movies. And if you match that to anything in the African diaspora and the African continent, that's part of the creative economy. It's the easiest way to get 
Africans, on the North American continent and the Caribbean, and in uh, Latin America to share something in common. So to get them to go to Africa is to let them know that Africa has already come to them. There are so many Nigerians and Ghanaians and Ethiopians integrated within the black and brown community. We have to reach out to them. So Africa starts right here, okay? And in doing so, one has to celebrate the African experience in the United States. Like, for instance, I always like to start with Nigeria because I know Nigeria much better than the other countries. And right now, Nigerians are the most educated immigrant group in the entire United States, more than all the European groups, all the Asian groups, and all the Latin American groups. And in that group, where this young man could find um, a welcoming arm, are Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Ethiopians, Brazilians, and so on. We just have to find them in our neighborhood. That's where Africa is. Africa isn't necessarily where the physical continent is because of digital, you know, technology and digital ecosystem. We can we can communicate right now. We have to start now, and then and then physically take them down there when there's need to celebrate or when there's need to perform. Music, movies, games, sports, that's it. That's the, that's the basis of creating many, many products in the digital technology space. So that's where I would start them. They already started with video games. They already have friends online from Africa that they play with. I mean, if you look at your own that's true. kids, that's true. maybe, that's maybe true. they already know the answer. That's true, because my kids, my kids play video game with, uh, across three different continents with their cousins. And uh, that's right. pretty cool. Uh, uh, Len, Len, you know, you know, you just hit the nails in the nail here. I realized that the, the specific areas we're talking about here happens to be the creative economy, where we have a lot in common as black folk, whether in America, whether in the Caribbean, whether in the continent of Africa. We all agree that uh, the content on Facebook is loaded up basically from our people. We create content, sleeping, waking up, and doing everything. But just that we, we don't probably get the benefit of those content. So uh, we need to probably create more shows, more events in sports areas that could expose these young people. Like this guy, he loves to run. He must be a very physically fit, fit young man. Probably might really be into one sport or the other. And uh, uh, bring out that creative part of him could really help him. And probably would be running uh, in 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 stadiums and organize. Uh, events without necessarily having to confront this these crazy people because I just think for someone to wake up and don't see value in another man's life, I just think that I, I could just take my shotgun and pop this guy and, and, and then nothing will happen. So uh, let me just drag a little bit into the perspective of that this thing happened 75 days ago. You know, it, it's really sad. Let's say Corona had really tried to really uh, taking anybody off reality of life, but apparently this happened in America. This happened in 2020 in America. This happened in the state of Georgia. It's not even in the south, a state that I think is uh, obscure, which I wouldn't know which state to use for that uh, description. And uh, the, the authorities did not make any move to arrest this man until this video came out. And what would have happened if this video did not come out then? Well, you know, that is such a good question, Ken Coco. 
And that brings me to what I, I keep saying. If you don't control more than 80% of your media, you don't control anything about yourself. And, Correct. Uh, and unfortunately, that video was actually taken by one of the gentlemen who was part of that posse, as I, as I, as I read. I may be wrong, but we can always very, I'm subject to verification. But he was actually filming the entire process as if it was a, a reality show he was creating. I don't know what's going on with these, with these people who do that. But regardless of the color of the people who do that, the fact remains is that how do they value the life of a black man that they see just running through? Did they look at what he was wearing? Okay. This guy wasn't some young man who was running around there in tatters. He wasn't homeless. Obviously, if he was running, he actually had some sort of athletic uh, you know, goal in mind, or maybe he was concerned about his health and strength. That should have been a guy yeah. that should have stopped and asked, well, how do you go drugging? What can I do? Because it seems that the two guys who shot him were, were overweight guys. Maybe they should have been stopping him and asking him questions about how to maintain good health. In fact, yeah. what they saw there was someone who was probably 10 times more healthy than they were, and they decided, well, you know what? Let's, let's interfere with this guy because he looked like someone who was breaking into their homes, whatever story they gave, which was completely unjustifiable. You, you, you see what I'm saying? But, I know. But if you look at it, if you go ahead, sorry. No, I totally agree with you. You, you just you just hit the nail right on point, my brother. There's nothing to 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 add to that because the young man in question, I don't think that is his first time running through that neighborhood, and I I, I mm. wouldn't think uh, uh, he would have just run through a neighborhood he has no clue about. It has to be some neighborhood he has a little bit of understanding or close to where he lives, but uh, it that nothing warrants somebody to be made a, a, a gun target because of your color, because I don't think this is happening to white folks who run through different neighborhoods, you know, because we all see each other. We're supposed to make this world something, uh, something uh, uh, more of a, a desire to be part of it, an ecosystem that should support all of us. But when uh, a few uh, decide to take the judgment into their hands, and what about the fact that the Georgia police did no action, did not do anything regarding this issue till, it, till the video came out. What if the video did not come out, like I said, uh, Lenny? What do you think? Right. Well, that's the wall of blue silence we always say about. Um, it's one of these topics that I'm not an expert in, but being a consumer of the news that we get, okay, we are educated by that. You, know, you, you see what I'm saying? So the only time we hear about an ambitious athletic black man is when he gets shot or harassed or something else. You know what I mean? It's like, where, where do we find that media that we own, that when something happens, we are the ones to report the news. We are the ones to say what happened or what almost happened or why we shouldn't be there or we should be there because of X, Y, and Z. We have no empirical data as to which neighborhoods are vulnerable, which neighborhoods are safe, which neighborhoods we, sh we should run in an escort mode. You see what I'm saying? As opposed to hearing the news that that these guys didn't even didn't even arrest anybody after he got shot. Well, he's dead. He's dead. Whether they arrest a million people or one person, he's dead. What we have to do, prevention is better than cure. We can't react. We have to proact. We have to be active in terms of how we defend our brand, as you say. But more than just your brand, that's our life. That's a human being. He has a mother on Mother's Day. He has sisters, he has aunties. I'm sure 
he's probably going to have nieces and nephews in the future through his siblings. I don't know how many brothers and sisters he has, but more than, more than anything else, he's a member of our global community. And it's our responsibility to protect our people. Okay? Lion, Lion, you see, you see, when we say this, it breaks my heart because you're really, really much on point because we need to start sharing information. We need to have a source of information. We need to incorporate the, the trending solutions into our lives as a community so that these young people could actually take advantage of it. You know, and um, when you hear all this story, we're only reacting. We only react to it. We have to learn to be to be on the other side of the fence that we strategically manipulate how we intend to get that situation to ourselves and understand how we can maneuver out of it. It's right now it is a really, 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 really scary to, to have a young a young boy in America. Even when you think you're living in a neighborhood that uh, is uh, our case is my neighborhood, we live here. You might just make a wrong turn and some crazy dude decides to exercise his, uh, his Second Amendment right by, by shooting because he feels it is his right to bear arms. So this is really, really something uh, I, I want to bring. I want to bring somebody on so that, you know, I want to see if we can bring uh, my brother on, King Wu. King Wu is a, it's a very awesome guy in the community. He's a, uh, uh, an activist on black life issues as 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 we just say uh so i want to bring king Wu on so that uh uh so that uh he can actually uh give us a perspective on 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 how they've been able to manage uh, this situation uh my brother king steve are you there Uh, I'm trying to see figure out how to bring bring this guy in into this discussion because uh, you know. So give me a little minute. Uh, so my brother, uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to bring this guy into a into a discussion because uh, uh, okay, I've invited him. That's good. That's good. So I got a couple of my brothers uh, that are joining us on Facebook. You guys are into one-on-one -on -one with King Coco. We run on t25cl.com. It's a streaming site, 24-7 uh, 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 live radio site. Uh, you play all kinds of music, but we try to really uh, introduce uh, us to uh, our kind of music, which is uh, music of, of our people from Africa to the Caribbean to the Black Americans hip hop. Uh, Calypso, reggae, uh, and all and all you got. So uh, we're very good to to so like Kingland, my brother. So now that uh, okay. this this situation has popped up, uh, an arrest has been made. King uh, Stephen, are you there? Steve, are you with me? Okay, I don't know. I'm trying to get Steve on board this on board so he can contribute, you know. So, my brother, this is with the situation today. How do we tell these young people about what Africa is about or Africa as an alternative? You know, you've been all across, you've been in New York for the past 30 something years. Uh, originally, you're from the Caribbean, 
I've done over 20 something years trip to, to Africa with a lot in Nigeria itself. How do we tell the diaspora community about Africa? Okay, that's a, that's an easy one, King Coco. You know, they are Africans. You know, the Chinese have no problems in telling Chinese in America that they are Chinese. You follow what I'm saying? Now, you don't have, have you don't hear them saying we are Sichuan, we are Guangzhou, we are Beijing Knights, or we are Shanghai Knights. <laughs> they say we are Chinese. <laughs> so when you hear Nigerians and Ghanaians and South Africans and all these different 55 different brands. How do you identify with a common brand? So by creating the African, that power word, the first thing you tell any black American or any Caribbean person is that they belong to a diaspora of 2 billion people, which includes the African continent, 1.3 billion, 1.4, and about 700 billion people around the world, 700 million people around the world in different shades of black. Black isn't a color, black is an experience. They call it black because it's the only common thing among all of us, a hue, but it's not even a color. That's a good thing about who we are. <laughs> we are not green or blue or, or any other thing. We are a condition. A condition of fullness. So, in terms of getting someone from America to be interested in Africa, first we have to look at it this way: the biggest consumer market that Black America can ever have, that they will have a right to, to sell their products or services, is Africa. The biggest fan equity market that would listen to your music or your movies or anything you produce, whether you want to build new technology for fishing, whether you want to build new technologies for skateboards or video games and so on and so forth. The most immediate consumer who would consume that are Africans from the African continent. I had an incredible time in going to Africa over the years. Most of what I've learned about the United States was from my experience in Africa. So to that extent, one has to look at it too in terms of Africans from the African continent developing relationship equity with Africans from the United States, from the Caribbean, and from Brazil. And the easiest way to do that so that it generates revenue, because one has to sustain any type of relationship, is to create competition. Think about what happens in, in the English Premier League with soccer. Most of these players are from Africa. They were competing long before they even got to play for Arsenal and, and Manchester United and so on. Look at other sports like in the United States, the NBA basketball. Think of how many Africans play along with black Americans and Caribbean people in the NBA. Look at Toronto Raptors. They were the winners last time, okay, in, two, in 2019. The head of it was a, was a gentleman from Nigeria who was the manager, okay? They play along with Kawhi Leonard, who is now playing for the NBA Clippers, okay? Think about the relationships that are developed behind the scenes between African-Americans, Nigerians, Senegalese, South Africans, Caribbean people, and so on. How can we now use that as a model to tell that young black man who is running through a neighborhood 
that maybe he should just go and play some basketball with many different races of Africans, many different groups of Africans right here in the neighborhood. If you look at Atlanta, Atlanta is like a melting pot, okay? I don't know what part of Georgia he lived, but in most parts of Georgia within the Atlanta metro area, there's so many different people from so many different Caribbean, African, and Latin American countries that he can be with, he can be among. But sometimes when we don't see the connection between us by virtue of knowing who plays for these NFL teams, these are uh, NBA teams. We don't, I mean, we, we don't play too much um, Major League Baseball in Africa, but Santo Domingo, the Dominican Republic, which is about 90% Africans of African descent, they are some of the best baseball players in the world. Without a media network in Coco, it's virtually impossible for us to know about the greatness of each other. And therefore, we have to wait for a sanitized press, a press that edits out most of our celebration to just provide these very sensational stories that has absolutely nothing to do with our greatness. That's what I'm saying. So we have to, you know, we have to tell you know, you know, you know, you know, you have a point, you have a point on the whole idea of uh, controlling our own media and having our own platform and networks to be able to share uh, the kind of information we want about ourselves. And uh, to be honest with you, we are about the only race that does not have a, a TV station that runs the kind of content that, that depicts how we want the world to see us. We are still the only uh, race that uh, that even when we have a, a network we call our own, the content does not does not uh, really go there to enhance uh, black to black relationships. You know, even though they do a couple of uh, movies about uh, black to black crimes, but the story is always about how, how, how which one will sell more and not really which one will have the desired impact. We hear uh, our music in the hood is all about uh, shooting and uh, booty shaking and, and, you know, spending money on frivolities. So at the end of the day, uh, this really, really has a very strong impact on, on, on how our young people grow and how they see life and what they consider as opportunities and uh, what keeps them very scared and afraid. So, but that having been said, uh, I thank you for that perspective in, 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 in total because it's very important to actually understand some of these things and share with others so you can actually have uh, all other perspective in place. Well, the one thing I have, my boy, here, we need to unite all black men all over the world, develop our infrastructure and build Africa together. Uh, Econ went back home and today is a global celebrity, even though he was a global celebrity with music, but now he's seen as a businessman. So we need to encourage people of African descent, America and the diaspora and the Caribbeans anywhere to seek an African country. And you can actually bring your children up in those African countries and you see so much value. I know what I did to my kids when they were six, three and one year old. Uh, I decided yeah. to move them back to Africa. And to be mm -hmm. honest with you, that is still one of the best decisions I've done in my life wow. because today my relationship with those children is totally different. There's still that father-child relationship, but most importantly, there's still that mentorship uh, relationship, mentorship 
aspect of that relationship that they look up to me and their mom still being able to understand that they have uh, extended people that love them. They, we have a family that goes back three, four, five generations and we're still keeping those relationships intact in one way or the other. You know, so they know that they have a culture, they have an identity. They're not struggling to permanently validate themselves, which is what happens to a black man in America. And it's really, really uh, scary and something that we should not actually look the other way. Because today, uh, we all know the history of America. At one point, a particular group of people are being oppressed and suppressed. But the irony is that the same people that have to deal with that oppression and suppression now find it good enough to oppress another group of another race and all that stuff. So it's a fight we have to step up and confront it head on and ensure that people don't take us for, for a ride. You see, I still believe in the Old Testament an eye for an eye. Sometimes you just have to prove yourself. It might be in an odd neighborhood. It might be in the wrong place. Yes, but somebody has to prove itself because if you, if, you, if you don't do this, at the end of the day, you are being endangered uh, uh, because all kinds of stuff is being thrown at a black man. That's why we need to collaborate. We need to continue communicating and talking with each other. You need to identify the potentials amongst each other. You know, the time for the blame game is long over. We're all in this boat together. Like I was talking about leadership in Africa that used to board the next plane and fly for medical checkup. But COVID-19 came, and even with your private plane, you cannot take off into the air because nobody's ready to receive you. So this should be an eye-opener to a lot of people in different areas of life, at different levels of life. Life is not just what it throws at you, but it throws something different at you at different times. We all agree to this fact. So it is not for us to sit here and expect miracle to happen from the blues. Hell no. Everybody is dancing, is listening to some music from somewhere. So you better be sure that it's your music that they're listening to because they'll dance with your beat, you know. So we've agreed to the fact that we have to bring in uh, a very high level of community interaction, you bring the Ghanaians, you bring the Nigerians, Kenyans, uh, Mozambique, people of African descent from the Caribbean, uh, Brazil, Jamaica. Let's start sharing, doing stuff together. Let's start talking together. Let's start marrying ourselves because there's some level, there, there's some level of understanding when people across uh, cultures do marry because it, sometimes people think it's, a, it's, a, it's something that might have a negative impact. No, a lot of times because you have natural respect of not understanding what the other culture would take for what you're trying to do, we seem to be a little bit more protective of each other. We need to control what we put out there. This is what I'm talking about. We cannot continue like this. You're listening to One on One with King Coco Show. It runs on T25CL.com. We're streaming live on Facebook. You can watch this on our YouTube channel, One on One King Coco on YouTube. Pull that up. You're going to be able to see all the shows. We promise to create this handshake across the Atlantic, and that's what we're doing. And we'll keep on doing this till we can see results. Till we can see our brothers start looking into Africa as a point of investment. You can see our, our leaders in Africa reach out to the Caribbean, reach out to the diaspora community, encouraging them to, 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 to see the potential in Africa, not what they have showed the entire world. We have uh, 10 road lanes, we have beautiful skyscrapers, we have lifestyle, we got music, we got shows, we got everything coming out of Africa every day. 
but we still think Africa is still that jungle. Africa is 55 country capitals that they are. These are capitals of countries, 55, you know, 55 votes in the United Nations. Talk about uh, the biggest African continental free trade zone about to be deployed. So there is capacity in numbers. Let our numbers speak for us. We have the highest digital dividend in this world today, bigger than the entire euro, are joined together. You know, we have more internet connectivity. We have the bank power. We are the main, the main consumer link in almost a relationship. We need to flip this to our own advantage. So thank you for listening to that show. That first part of the show was awesome. I thank Dr. Lenny for being there, a very versatile contributor. I want to thank my brothers that have been watching us on Facebook, Stephen King, Wu Chapman, uh, Prince Will Albert, my brother, all over in Nigeria. I thank you guys for actually always joining on this show because uh, we all have to build on each other and leverage on each other. We have to take this information back to leadership in Africa. Let them understand that what they do, what they do is actually impacting our world. King Wu, I totally subscribe to what you've been doing, my brother. We got to collaborate a lot much more because we're speaking the same language. I understand your passion about educating African-Americans and the diaspora community about the potential ban in Africa. And I hope to work with you on this to expose more opportunity and reach out to more brothers in diaspora because this show is really about them. The African continent is really willing, ready to receive his children back after 400 years. We cannot continue doing the same thing and expect the different results. Hell no. We have to do this. We must get this done. We cannot push this book back to the children. The next generation might not have, might not see the need to bring back this Afrocentrism in our life because this is the only way we can build back all boundaries and, and restore all relationships because that's who we are as a people. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, you're still listening to One on One with King Coco. We run on T25CL.com. Uh, T25CL is an awesome uh, streaming site. It's an awesome uh, platform for hosting and advertising events. So try logging and download any of the music on that site. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's something that you could play 24-7, the kind of music we black folks love to hear. You know, we own music. And who told them they can play music? Every music you want, you can find it on our platform, t25cl.com. I see my sister right there, my great awesome girl. Thank you very much for always tuning in. Inbat, I cannot, you're just one of my oldest boy around, man. Thank you very much, Ine. Let's keep doing what we do because we believe that what we do has there's a need for what we do. We must consistently put a handshake across the Atlantic. I'm taking you guys back where we need to be. Listen, learn, and leverage. We send information out every day. We're going to be promoting shows. We're going to be promoting projects. We're going to be promoting programs on this show. We're going to be throwing an investment opportunity out once in a while. So it's important you permanently try to log in. The digital era is a whole different era. That's what we speak of here. The digital era brings investment like none before. We are aware that there's about to be created a whole new digital community that's going to bring in a whole new digital currency. I am saying that now nobody understands what I'm talking about, but it's sure going to come happening because the big techno investors, entrepreneurs like Facebook, like the, the Bill Gates, like the, like the Amazon, they're all building 
a whole new generation capability to further stay ahead. What is it going to do to us? It's going to further shrink the global wealth into fewer hands. And this is when it could be really, really dangerous. But we're going to bring about an entrepreneur uh, that of a different level, a visionary technologist, someone who has dissected technology in and out. And to be honest with you, all his projections and technology always come to play. So I'm going to share with you a whole different knowledge. You go bring out investment opportunity within the technological space. How has COVID really brought about more remote, uh, remote uh, approach to project, project delivery, uh, service delivery, or anything we look at doing? How can we now start identifying potential opportunities to buy into? Because if we all die broke, as a matter of fact, we all die broke because of one thing we do at all times lack of trust in another black man we need to believe in each other now because no white guy is going to come tell your party to invest billions and make billions nobody's going to do that only your own can reach out to you in such a way that you will see the need to tie up into what he's doing so i'm bringing lenny duncan lenny is it's uh it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a digital scientist of a whole different level. Not a lot of them are out there today. He is behind major technology development. He brought about the, the, the DigiPay technology, which is it can be repurposed to virtually anything to, so to bring a, a, create a, a marketing place, to create an avatarian platform, to create uh, an ecosystem of, of, of digital channels. So he's got, he's awesome. This guy is somebody that won the world. I'm praying that the world will see what he has done with technology because we're about to redefine technology. There's been no innovation within the technology space, only marginal improvement, but we're about to experience something totally different. Lenny, I'm sure you're still there with us, my brother. I'm here, Coco, in New York. New York City. Yes, I'm here. What's up with the big apple? <laughs> There's no longer an apple. It's a sour <laughs> apple now, right? It's still apple. an apple, still a big apple. What's up with the big apple, man? Tell me about that New York, man. You know, I've, I've, I've been to two World Trade Center um, bombings over the years, and I, I see what happens after these events. You know, New York goes through this soul cleansing process that could last 15 years. The last one from 9-11, you know, New York lost its soul and was replaced by a lot of people who weren't from New York. So it changed the whole texture of New York. We had a lot of Google people coming in, a lot of the Silicon Valley people with so much money from their IPOs. They rushed into New York City and they changed the flavor of New York. And once they changed the flavor of New York, you didn't have real New Yorkers in, in Manhattan. That's where most people were gathered. What you had were transplants from San Francisco and, and, and you know, the know. Silicon Valley. All over the world. And, You're right. Yeah. I, and it changed, it changed relationships between people, you know? You, you, you can see another New Yorker, and you have a sort of kingship or queenship with them. But these people who came, they came with money. So they were just buying up these very expensive high-rise apartments, penthouses, and so on, like they did in San Francisco. But that doesn't work in New York City, because New York people are like, we don't like, admire people with money. You know, we admire people who have creative abilities, that's why music works here, that's why movies work here, that's why the arts work here, okay? 
and you don't see people driving around in Lamborghinis and no, we take the subway. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is social distancing today. So mm-hmm. in a way, it, it, it sort of pushed us away from ourselves. And it's not like if you could run to Brooklyn and say, okay, I'm going to look there for space. So the only space you're going to find is in the New York suburb of New Jersey, <laughs> which is not New York. <laughs> so, Tell me about it. Tell me about it. You know, I, I don't know if I ever shared this knowledge with you. The first top... I ever had my feet down on the soil of America was in JFK Airport. And uh, the guy yeah. that picked me up, some, a common friend I'm sure we, you know, uh, drove me straight to, to Manhattan, East 95th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenue. So that's where yeah. I entered America from. And my experience about America is a New York experience. So for you to say, for us to see New York as sleepy as it is, as quiet as it is, with Times Square, Looking like uh, we're somewhere out of this the, the, uh, a created movie because that's not real about Times Square. Times Square is that square that doesn't sleep, that sees a million people go through it every day. Now this is the opposite of what we have. It's it's an interesting times. It, it brings us to a whole new era, and this equally uh, brings up a whole new opportunities, which we have carefully identified, having gone through. The COVID-19 uh, session within the past 190 days or so, we have seen how the world have come to a near a near halt. But one thing that has kept the world going has been technology, digital platforms. Uh, I, I'm sure we can see that transactions on digital platforms might be getting towards 70% of all global transactions because the, the, yeah. the, the shops are, are crying the, the Macy's, the Sears, the Jesse Pennies are all crying, and a couple of them are even chasing bankruptcy uh, lawyers to see if they can file a claim on that in that direction. So we have a great <laughs> and totally identified technology as the, the the biggest thing that came out of of COVID nineteen, and we are aware of the kind of capabilities we have developed over years, you know, and we have developed projects for implementation. But it's just the same issue uh, that, that that someone would say that uh, anonymous is the, is the king of investment because uh, if you see you see Facebook on internet and before we saw my Maga Zuckerberg, uh, we, we I'm sure if, if it's Mark that came across and tell us to subscribe to Facebook, we're arguing why should we do that? But through Facebook out there and we're all struggling to be part of it. Uh, so what is um, what do we do to advise the brothers to embrace, to see the, the, the purpose of, of innovative technology? I'm not talking about the same HTML stuff, uh, open source stuff that has been going on for almost 20 years. What is new that is coming up from, from the staple of the DigiPay technology, my brother? Okay. The technology that we should go after in terms of our strengths, that we can leverage our creative selves is digital creative application technology. We call it DigiCat. What that has to do with, instead of you trying to learn how to develop computer programs and a lot of these, uh, you know, logical sets, you move to your right brain. That's the creative side. How many books do you have to write in your head? Even this COVID experience, how many stories that have not been told that we will never hear about unless we write them. 
on how many people would like to read about them. So digital interactive books, that would be great. Not e-books. Anything with e belongs to the 1990s. E-business, e-books, e-anything. Okay? So branding is important. It's digi, not e. Okay? So you have digi books. You have digi music. I'm advising a lot of groups involved in the music industry how to repurpose themselves right here in the New York area. Okay? And what happens is that once you put your music in a digital interactive form, and you can develop your own catalogs, instead of trying to sell a tune, instead of trying to sell a song, you can sell an experience. What happens when you were in the, in the studio putting together that, uh, that song? That song, what's right. A, yeah, what, what's the video on that? It's not what you pay for music. It's what the music can sell. So those are the type of industries that one has to get into from the point of view as a content creator. So anybody could do it. It's not, you don't have to know music to do it. In fact, being a music consumer is even more important now than a music producer because a music consumer becomes an influencer who can tell other consumers what type of music to listen to and in so doing, what type of uh, headphones to buy, what type of Bluetooth speakers to buy, what type of big screens to buy to look at the music videos, and what type of video games to buy that's affiliated with that particular song. So that creates a massive market for everybody in the value chain, starting from the composer to the music consumer to monetize his or herself. One of the things that I, would become very important is to understand how advertising is done. If, if you look at YouTube, you see there's an ad that comes up before. You may see some ads that come up in between, and you may see some ads that come after that. That's part of something called the Internet Advertising Bureau. It's about 600 companies in the advertising business that came together, I would say, about 15 years ago. I was part of that initial group of technologists who was involved with that. So it's called a VAS, Video advertising services technologies or services template. So that's an area that we have to teach our youths about because that particular format is available to everyone. We don't necessarily have to monetize on these big social media platforms because when we do that, it's so restrictive. But what we, that, what we that, can that, do... Yeah, Len, that is even taking away can, the deal. Go ahead, go ahead, my brother. Yeah. No, no problem. But what we can do is use... Facebook for promoting our presence in a certain space and then allow Facebook to point to your own digital interactive media site, not websites. See, once you say websites, you just join billions of people who are doing the same thing. You want to stand out. So what you have are digital interactive TV sites. Now, you have seen them because we demonstrate them in Africa all the time. I, I demonstrate right. them here over the years in, in, in Thailand and in Singapore, in, in, in Hong Kong, and those places. The key aspect of it is timing. And timing has to do with the Internet of Things, the Internet of, of um, people, which we added, uh, part of the Industrial Revolution. Of course, revolution has always taken place. But it's right. important to have the right lingua franca. So when you're speaking about something, someone knows that you're onto something, as opposed to just mentioning the same things over and over and over. Yes. Okay. Right. So we we we're, we're talking about digi digi era and no longer the 
the era of uh, ICT. We talk about total digital, digital technology, yep. digipaid. We talk about. The, I know you have a whole lot of uh, a lot of brands that you created out of Digi. So now let me just speak with you on something that I know is very important. At the end of the day, uh, jobs that are available today are pretty much engaged uh, a lot of people. But we are very aware with the digital and the digital technology, digitization, digibooks coming up. What kind of jobs are coming out of this digital publishing? Let me be a little bit specific. This digital publishing that I know you'll be able to develop them into catalogs. And uh, where does this fit in, in, in the emerging society where the jobs are moving to the digital platforms too? Okay, very good question, Tinkoko. The thing is, if you look at what happened before the internet became so popular in, in, in e-commerce, okay, e-commerce is a $25 trillion industry, $25 trillion. It's more than oil and gas. It's more than the music industry. It's more than the movie industry, $25 trillion. It's also part of a larger economy, which is called the retail industry, which is $28 trillion. So here's where the job comes in. Remember, every time you go into a store, you will get a brochure or you get a pamphlet or you get something that. Remember the JC Penny catalogs? How do you remember yeah, that? Right? Yeah, the store catalog. Yeah. Right. So what happened when when the browsers came out? They took us back before 14 the 1400s when the Gutenberg Press was developed to print books. In those days, we had scrolling. That's why we scroll today. Remember those scrolls that we see in ancient times? Mm. That's the old way right. of handling information. So that's what happened in the last 20 years, where people were just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and now you have information overload. So now we have to go back to compartmentalizing information in book form. So now what we have developed over the years and have fully tested through Africa, the Caribbean, and Asia are these digital interactive books that brings all the videos and the audio and the text into books. So books are easy to manage because from the, from the time you get to school, what you carry are books. You don't carry scrolls. What you carry are uh, textbooks, magazines, and so on. So the jobs that will be created is a perfect analogy to what happens in the magazine industry or the book industry. We have people who are writers, you write content. We have those who are illustrators. They illustrate content. They draw diagrams. We have those who will do um, animations or simulations and so on. That requires an understanding of something called the Adobe Creative Cloud. Okay? There, there are many creative clouds, but the Adobe Creative Cloud is like the, is like the standard for mm -hmm. learning to create content. So that you now have a job. You don't have to go to any office. You can stay at home and do it. You can have your home office and do it, okay? COVID has proven that you can work from home, all right, out of right. necessity. That's a mm -hmm. massive job. And that's a job where you can hire a lot of African-Americans, a lot of Caribbean people, you know, just about anybody altogether. But since we are speaking about how do we uplift our people, that's one of the easiest jobs to create because it involves about 22 different programs from song editing to video editing to special effects. It's, it's, it's based on creating that one thing that we need, content, content. 
video production, you name it. There's a lot of jobs in that, and it's based on the gig economy. In other words, you're not going to have a permanent job, per se, working for one company. But by virtue of your skills, you can work for many companies across the entire globe. Okay? Yes. Especially yes. in the areas where we are, we are, we are good. You are, you are very much on point because uh, I was just reading through the World Economic Forum and uh, what I found there was that our grandparents used to stay on one job for 40 years. Our generation, we had a couple of jobs in, in 40 years. But the next generation, we're working with a couple of companies at the same time. So the job is changing just like the nature of the demand of our services are changing. So I see that point that because I don't think there's any need to start training people on jobs that are not available. And uh, if right. we are aware, I know that the digi, the digi pay technology, the framework that we're talking about has the capacity to dynamically create multiple television channels, create multiple yes. education channels, create multiple sports channels, and I'm aware of that. We have even created a digital African continental network that could host much yeah. more channels under it. So I'm aware that yeah. we need to be very strategic in where we take our innovation to. And we all agree to the fact that the last 20 years has only seen marginal improvement on old, old ideas and old technologies. Nothing new. Uh, totally popped up like we're talking about the 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 replacement of the scrolling technology with with a regular book flipping technology coming up with this publishing digital publishing we just spoke about that having been said what kinds of technology are required in terms of the infrastructure in terms of the ecosystem because content is now being created everywhere. What we're doing here, creating content. Everybody sitting in the comfort of the room because of COVID-19, you have seen how remote projection has, has leapfrogged. You know, what do you advise us as a people based on this digital framework we're talking about? What are those jobs okay. that, we just mentioned a few of them. Let me just give, take a deep moment, drill us down into this technology, my brother. Okay. First of all, you have to think about your community first. One of the problems we're having now with COVID is that we don't even know anything that's go, go, going on in our community. All right. you, have, you have certain aspects of the healthcare industry that we need information on. The mayor needs to speak to the citizens within his own city, and he has no television network. He has no way to, he has to go to Facebook to come back to his city. So one of the key things in developing the DigiPaid, which is the Digital Partnership for Africa Investment and Development. DigiPaid, PAID is Partnership for Africa Investment and Development, is to develop sustainable communities based on that model that the United Nations suggests. So to that extent, how many jobs can we create there? For example, first thing we have to do is map the city, not Google Maps, because you have to pay for that but develop our own maps the way we see it. And by doing so, we can strategically position certain companies, certain retail outlets, certain stores that we own, 
or that we favor within that particular location. So we know where to go to buy things, okay? We need people who know how to do that, okay? Secondly, in terms of using technology to develop talk shows that discusses entrepreneurial opportunities. You see, like what we're doing now is very important on the community level first, then on the state level, then on the national level. Now, I had the advantage of working for the Nielsen rating system many years ago. And, you know, I learned so much about America because of, of my contribution technology to them in exchange for they teaching me about the 210 markets in the United States. I taught them about creative technology and so on. So I can say very, very confidently now, there are 210 markets in the United States. And most of the black markets, the American black markets, like New York City is number one. Number two is the Atlanta market in terms of the black communities, the black demographics. Very, very important. Because when we exist in, in a space, in, a, in what do you call a DMA, a designated market area in the Nielsen ratings, where we are dominant, it's very easy for us to develop local, regional, and international trade. So the technology that is needed for that would be channel-based technology where you have a channel for Atlanta, but then you have sub-channels for Gwinnett County, you have sub-channels for Fulton County, and even within Fulton County, you then break it down into the granular spaces of South Atlanta, you know, Midtown Atlanta, and so on and so forth. By doing that, you're able to get the revenues from the individual companies within that space, as opposed to what they do now, is take these huge companies that comes out of New York City and advertise in, in Atlanta or even advertise in, in, in Africa, in the Caribbean, that we can't buy those products. What if we were showing companies that are within five minutes from us and those companies happen to be African-American companies, Caribbean companies, or, or, or African companies from, from, the, from the continent, then people will be aware that these companies exist there and they could patronize by buying the products online, not by physically going there. Because when we physically have to go there, it means that that store has to have more space to accommodate us. We don't, we don't have to adopt their model. Their model is based on massive real estate. They have that land. We don't. So we have to operate so, this and what so, we have. So, 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 let, let, me, let me just pop in right here, man. Uh, so what we need yeah. to do now is to, is to leverage on digital infrastructures. I like to use that framework yeah. because I use it like that word because uh, infrastructure has always been there. The road is infrastructure. The housing is infrastructure. But now we don't really need that amount of space because the cloud has provided us the digital space where we can house all our infrastructure. But now, uh, uh, what I see that uh, a whole lot of folks, even though they have a whole lot of li- liquidity, will not be able to leverage on emerging technology because we don't trust each other. We want to be to see it working before we try to jump on board. By which time uh, we we would have been buying it at a third rate uh, increase. You know what I'm saying? So my my own here is that. Just to add to what you just said, we have a digital 
capability to dynamically create channels, even to the smallest uh, denomination of our, of our community. You know, from the state to to to, to, to the city to even different uh, counties within the city, uh, which which now gives us the ability to to tap into all the revenue from advertising revenue, sales revenue, and uh, and even events revenue that probably would have been unnoticed at the wider is uh, scope of uh, of publicity. That's what I take from you. Am I correct? Yes, you you you're correct. You're correct in that sense. I mean, we don't have um, a problem in deploying anything. What what we have a problem with is people who want to do something have to have the responsibility of creating that. Because if they don't do that, what happens is that they now have to put it on somebody else's server, and then once they put it on somebody else's server, like YouTube or um, um, Facebook, they can't monetize it. So they lose, they lose control of it. And by losing control of it, you can't, you can't do anything with it after that. Okay? So yeah. it's important that we choose areas that are community-empowered. Like, for instance, education, sports. Those two things happen locally. A lot of us don't realize that within the United States, there are 700,000 athletes that play in something called the AAU is an amateur league. Those leagues could be set up in, in Nigeria. They could be set up in Trinidad. They could be set up anywhere in the world. And we could link them together to create a new level of leagues. Okay? Track and field right. is the most lucrative league in the world. Yet, it doesn't exist in the United States. It doesn't exist in Africa. It doesn't exist in the Caribbean. Yet, if you look at the Caribbean, Black America, and Africa, we are the best in track and field. Where's the only league? The only league is in Europe, the Diamond League. They don't have diamonds in in Europe. The diamonds are from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting, man. These guys are just taking everything away from us, man. Where are they going to stop leeching, man? I don't understand. Why is diamond in Europe when diamond is all from Africa? You know, I'm so let, let, let me let me just let me just get interactive right here because I I, I think uh, we have been working on a project uh, that was a uh, pre pre Tokyo Olympics which was postponed. I uh, know we had developed the 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 climate change sporting network to to manage a, a major sporting league uh, in in Africa yeah. for the first time using the ECOWAS uh, uh, region uh, region uh, commission. As 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 a case study, and I, I can I remember meeting uh, the 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 the, uh, the the manager of the uh, West African Ecowas Ecowas uh, Sporting uh, Competition League, and uh, yeah. this guy nobody ever thought about the fact that uh, even though we black folks are the major athletes in terms of most of these running uh, com competitions, uh, we don't have a grip on how we can even develop the God-given talent of being black and dominate because we don't even have an internationally rated uh, competition. And uh, by the time I shared the knowledge of this, uh, what we had in mind for what they thought they had in mind, uh, they were all very ecstatic and excited. It's just that COVID-19 came in and shut down all <laughs> events. But uh, thank God that uh, the Tokyo has been postponed for one year. And hopefully uh, we might even have 
some more time to to jumpstart this uh, this this operation because it's high time African continent start looking at monetization. It's high time yes, yes. we start looking at opportunity to leverage on the strength. It's high time we take our numbers very seriously uh, because uh, you cannot be the guy that is always placed first to three in in major athletic competition and you don't have any any groundwork of making money out of this god given potential so we are talking yeah. about monetizing investment that countries have made using technology we're talking about creating marketplaces that uh somebody else will still come and create using some obscure technology but we're talking about creating the new kind of jobs in television we're talking about creating a new kind of job in education we're talking about uh, creating the new kind of jobs in in creating sports leagues and sports channels whereby uh, uh, it becomes a global platform running on ott just like what netflix and hulu them are running but we're able to to do what they've not yet been able to do which is uh dynamically create multiple channels and break them down to even uh, to county units or, or, or city units or state units or national or even global channels. So uh, with this in mind, I will keep on talking with you, Lenny, because uh, I will add every day or sometime down the road, we'll pick up investment opportunities that we've developed projects on and uh, put it across there, hoping that uh, we might have people that understand better what we're talking about or might need some more clarification because what I see that might hurt black folks more this time around. It's not just inability to have the initial startup funds, but a lack of trust and lack of knowledge. And if you don't have the knowledge and you don't trust the man that has the knowledge to be able to, to turn around that your investment, then you can as well know that you're just willing to get broke. You know. So let me ask a question, because why do black men all end up broke at the end of their life if they're not right now? <laughs> well, let, let me tell you, take Coco. We are not broke. Yeah. We just we just didn't cash the check as yet. Where you gonna cash this check? You know, Probably our, our wives yeah. are seventy. Might come cash this check on our heads when we're in the grave. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the check the check is, is, is a, a rhetorical device. But what I'm say, what I'm I'm saying is this. I'm glad you 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 brought up the issue of the um, the digital sports for. Climate action we, we develop um, for the for the ECOWAS group. I mean, when one look at the numbers, it's 400 million people, 15 countries, headquarters in Abuja, massive stadium, 62,000 people seat. There are so many stadiums in Africa. It's it's it's, it's crazy. And we want our way to the Olympics, and of course, COVID happened. But you know, God has His reason for doing everything. I'll tell you one thing though. It was based on the UN Sports for Climate Action Program that very few people know about because the headquarters for it is in Germany. And anytime headquarters for anything is in places that you don't go by accident or that you, you require transit visas to go, as most Africans do, to go through Germany, you could never get a program like that going. But that's the reason why I put it in, um, in, in Africa first, in West Africa first knowing that that region of Africa is region two of the African Union. Well, guess what? There are five regions on the continent, and the sixth region, it's Caribbean, Black America, and Brazil, the whole of Latin America, okay? Black people anywhere in the world 
with Region 6 anywhere in the world outside of, um, of the continent of Africa. So knowing what we can do now, these are the jobs that we can now start pursuing from the community level, build up to the state level, build up to the regional level, build up to the national level. Competition creates cash. Without competition, there are no reasons for you to meet anyone. And in doing in fact, so, we now have let, content let, for... Let, before you, let, let me just give you something now, because uh, that takes me back to the situation in Nigeria, uh, where we have a, lot of, a very high informal economy. And uh, yeah. today, the formal economy is almost is struggling because of the, the lockdown situation and government pressure has been reduced to almost zero without any digital infrastructure to continue doing it remotely. And now Nigeria's challenge now is how does it tap into the informal economy that is sitting with over 70% of its actual economy, which, has, which, is not, which is never captured. Because that brings me into your discussion right now. Because you have to figure out how do you tap into your informal economy, and I'm sure we've done a project like that when we're working on the on the on the NMRC uh, Dream project that had to do with uh, with uh, it's still tied towards the creative economy and the potential of monetizing it. Give us an insight into where we, what, what what we could look at here because those are all the opportunities have to emphasize and elaborate more. Right, right. The good thing about doing projects in Africa is that it relates to everywhere in the world because Africa is the most challenging place. So if you solve the problem there, you can solve it anywhere in the world. The issue of the informal economy has not been addressed, not even by the World Bank in the way it should. The largest economy right now is still the United States. The second largest, most people think, is China. It's not. The second largest is the informal economy at $14 trillion um, GDP. Nominal, okay? That's the second largest. Now, Nigeria and Kenya has done incredible work in terms of formalizing the informal economy. <laughs> it sounds like a paradox, but it is. One thing in Nigeria you have is that BVN, the bank verification number. So that even right. though you still have the informal economy, people are sending money to each other right there in the market. I mean, you took me there, right. and I was just amazed where people can send each send money to each other through their, through their phones. And, right. and you receive the money right away. It's like, it's like exchanging cash. And in terms of de 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 developing digital currencies based on that, look what Kenya, look, look what Kenya did with the M-Pesa. Okay? So now in Africa, we have 143 million digital accounts, the largest in the world, way past China, way past the United States way past Europe. This is something that we don't even speak about. So all these things people are talking about, about Bitcoins and all these different forms of cryptocurrency. The leader in all of that is Africa. And it's not cryptocurrency. Okay? It's digital mobile banking. So it's, it's very confusing when people start to talk about blockchains and all these different things where we think those aren't products. Those are ecosystems within which you can exchange money, currencies. So right. in terms of really making uh, Africa really operate well. Like what that project we did on uh, mortgage banking, okay? What right. one has to do is understand that the strength of Africa and the strength of the Caribbean, most of these countries, and even the strength of black America, 
okay, is the BOP, the bottom of the pyramid people. That's the strength of every economy now. And moving forward post-COVID, the BOP has now taken over control of the TOP, the one percenters. Because if the one percenters cannot sell to the bottom of the pyramid people, the one percenters are the TOP. The middle class is the MOP, the middle of the pyramid. If the one percenters cannot sell to the BOP, then look what happened to, the, to Wall Street. Look what happened with the meltdown. It's getting back up now. But we have to know our strengths. So instead of having chambers of commerce, we have to have chambers of consumers. Because if we don't organize consumers properly, then we won't be able to sustain any new idea in technology that we like to introduce into Africa, into black America, into the entire 2 billion member black economy across, across the entire globe. Oh, awesome, man. It's always, it's always awesome uh, having you, my brother. And, and, and I'm very much encouraged by your contributions. Um, I'm going to probably do a lot more work on digging up what, what we can do with the opportunities confronting us and how we can actually gradually improve our mindset of our people's thinking and, and learn to, to learn to, to, stay, to stay wealthy because uh, if you're scared of investment and apparently depleting the, 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 the deposit you have, well, it's just a matter of time that uh, you are run out of that liquidity. So investing during this digital era is going to be very, very critical because the big mega digital entrepreneurs have so much money for research and development. And what they are doing is to stay 15, 20 years ahead of the average guy. So they must have positioned themselves to, to reap the benefit of the, uh, of the next era before they even bring it to the, to the knowledge of the general population. This is not going to help people. So at the end of the day, my brothers, uh, black and brown, uh, wherever you are in the continent of Africa or Caribbean or in the Americas or, or Brazil or China or Tokyo, it's time that we look into a technology that we could embrace to leapfrog because at this point, uh, catching up will never put us at the same path. Indians are at $140 billion annually remittance on tech services alone is creating a whole new demographic. You can see how they have quietly bought over a very, very sensitive part of the American economy, the gas stations and, and the hotel businesses because of how much money they make in this uh, tech industry. So it's time we, we educate and embrace new technologies, uh, the redirect and our children to these emerging opportunities so that uh, they can actually enhance their, their tomorrow and, and, and quit, quit being in the news for the wrong reason of being killed by every time they can hurry because uh, they're mistaken for whatever, which, which doesn't hold any argument anywhere. Uh, so I thank uh, Dr. Lenny a lot because uh, he's, uh, he's willing to share this knowledge. And uh, I want everybody who listens to this knowledge to learn from it, ask questions through our Facebook page. Uh, Transventel uh, on Facebook or one on one with King Coco on Facebook. Send us a message. Let us share your contribution. Let us share your idea. We are not going to let the next generation come to do this. We promise to keep this handshake across the Atlantic using t25cl.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. The show you're listening to is one on one with King Coco. My name is Atai Albert Akban. I will continue to put this handshake across the world. I thank my panelists 
for his uh, uh, resources that I'm willing and happy to share with us. We keep on doing this program, putting this platform stronger and reaching out to um, our brothers all over so we can always uh, bring up this discussion that could enhance our well-being as a people. And, and so on behalf of myself and the entire show, the crew, uh, behind that is not seen to everybody. Uh, I want to say a big thank you for all of us that tried to log into Facebook Live, through YouTube Live. This show is available on YouTube. You can download it. We promise to bring knowledge, to share, collaborate, and share information that will help us be better brothers and look out for each other. So uh, same time next week uh, on T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio, we'll be back on the show. Thank you, and I hope we were able to share something with you guys today. My um, partners, Lenny, thank you very much for, for being through, for throughout the show. Uh, we might not okay. keep you long next time this much, but we appreciate your time. And uh, thank everybody for being part of this development as we keep it going. Thank you, and have a good day. Thanks, King Coco. We meet again. Thank you. Bye. Welcome, my brother.